You are listening to episode 16 of the Tennis Files podcast with special guest Jesse Witten. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis Files Podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mehrban Iranshad. Hey guys, welcome to the 16th episode of the Tennis Files Podcast. I'm really happy to have you listen to the show today. I've had a lot of amazing guests so far, and today is no different. Um, I have for you Jesse Witten who is a tennis pro on the, on the ATP Tour, and he has been ranked as high as 163 in the world. Uh, he's taken a set off of Novak Djokovic uh, at the 2009 U.S. Open, and he also was a superstar at the University of Kentucky. And so I brought him on the show uh, thanks in large part to Elliot Datlow, who is a friend of mine who I played with in the USTA leagues, and who was a teammate of Jesse's during their time at the University of Kentucky. And Jesse is going to talk to you guys about his career, uh, specifically growing up in the juniors, and then moving on uh, and talking about his rise up to becoming a very successful college tennis player and to uh, the professional tour, and of course how he did so well in uh, getting a set off of Novak and uh, just you know, playing in a lot of you know, the best tournaments all over the world. Jesse also talked about a fellow University of Kentucky alum named Bruno Agostinelli, who uh, tragically passed away recently. And, uh, you know, we just reflected upon the uh, great impact that Bruno had on his teammates uh, and his friends and family. And, you know, I, honestly, I had not heard about Bruno until recently, but uh, when I read about all his accomplishments and the way that he really cared for his teammates and uh, just how genuinely of a great guy he was, uh, I was definitely very moved. And so I we definitely had to talk about Bruno on the show as well. Um, so really many thanks to Jesse. Jesse is an awesome guy. He was very responsive when I was contacting him. We went uh, through texts and whatnot and trying to set this up. And so we got it. Uh, done and very excited to bring you uh, the interview with Jesse and so here it is. Hey guys we're here with ATP pro Jesse Witten. He's been ranked as high as 163 in the world and he played at the University of Kentucky. I first got to find out about um, Jesse through Super National Clay Courts around uh, I think in 1999 I actually watched him uh, crush everybody and I think he won that tournament. Is that right Jesse? It seems like a long time ago, but, um, yeah, I won the national clay courts a few times. Um, I got it. That could be the year it was, I won it a couple of years in a row. I don't exactly know when it was. They all run together. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Jesse's had a ton of success throughout his years. And so, and yeah, Jesse's a couple other facts about him. He was university of Kentucky's first five time all American. And he also reached the third round of the U.S. Open in 2009 and played some nobody named Novak Djokovic and uh, got a set off of him. 
So Jesse is clearly a very, you know, high level accomplished player. Uh, but Jesse, I just want to welcome you to the podcast and I appreciate you being here. Oh, thanks for having me on. Great. Thanks, Jesse. So I guess we'll just start off by asking you um, how it all started. So I just want to ask you, how did you get your start in tennis? Um, really going back to when I was six is when I started, uh, I would go to the local park, um, around here with, with my sister who also played at the university of Kentucky and, you know, had some great results as well. Uh, we would just hit the ball around a little bit while my parents played They They were recreational players. My mom played a little bit in college and so, so not much, uh, not much of an advanced level, but it was more just to get us out there. And, and that's really how it started. Um, and we kind of just started taking lessons from there and, and falling in love with the sport um, and being able to to play and, and be around friends and, and, and have that whole lifestyle. Um, it was kind of just addicting. So what in particular was it about tennis that made you fall in love with the game? Uh, like I said, I mean, basically when we were young, I got to, I got to hang out with friends and that's, that's, where, <laughs> that's where tennis got me. I got to go hang out with a group of, of friends that even to this day, I mean, we still talk regularly um and go to each other's events weddings you know seeing children now i mean this is all since i was eight years old when we started playing together so it's been a pretty a pretty cool ride and and, and something that i don't think a lot of people get to enjoy or be a part of um outside of sports and, and tennis in particular yeah well tennis is certainly an amazing sport where you can forge so many wonderful relationships with people uh like you just mentioned um so Regarding your junior career, uh, where did you train? Um, I always, you know, I grew up in Naples, Florida, and I always trained here um, locally with a, a lot of different pros. And then when I was 15, I started to take it a little more seriously. I started attending uh, the Tough Tennis Academy with, with the pros of Vimo Patel and Ronan Graziani, um, where I actually come full circle. And now I, I teach and coach and, and direct there um, with them now. So it all came back around. But that's when I started to take the game a little more serious and got away from just kind of playing tournaments. And I started really developing as a player and having better results. So it got even more fun. I started putting in more work and really, you know, saw it as an opportunity to get to, to play at a great school and, and further and further myself. That's fantastic, Jesse. And you're doing a great job coaching. Uh, Cause for everybody uh, who may not know, Jesse is actually uh, coaching Colin Johns, who was on episode eight, I believe, of the Tennis Files podcast, and he's he's doing quite well. And uh, so, Jesse, can you kind of just describe your ascent up the junior ranks? Like, at what point did you start to, you know, climb up to the top echelon of the rankings and things like that? Um, you know, it's probably when I was um, sixteen. You know, my last year in the in the boys, sixteen and unders. Um, when, with the, when the rule changed for the birthdays, actually, when, when having an October birthday actually ended up helping me a little bit and not penalizing me and being one of the youngest kids in the age group when I was growing up. So I always was, you know, ranked 30, 20 to 40 in the state of Florida, um, playing great players. You know, we, I grew up with Roddick, Fish, um, Melise, there's tons of guys. And, uh, just that's that's about the time where you know I got a little stronger. I started being able to play the game the way it's supposed to be played and, and play it how I want to play it, and not just. I would always have tough times with people with kids that were called pushers <laughs> and just got a lot of balls back and would try to just annoy you. And I always had a tough time with them because I didn't want to play that way. And when I finally got a little stronger, a little little better shape, and a little more understanding of the game, I was able to start beating them. And then that's when I kind of, you know, 
made the progress and put it in the work, like I said, and was able from about, you know, 16 on is when I really started to get the results and the ranking went up and, and, and so on. Was there a certain point in your junior career, maybe one moment where you, um, you know, you got that kind of confidence in your game uh, that you knew you could push it to uh, top 10 in the nation? Or was it just kind of a gradual uh, ascent up there? Yeah, it was really just gradual, you know, the way I remember. I was never really concerned with being you know, ranked number one or ranked number two. You know, it wasn't really I – didn't, I didn't know I could even be ranked that high or I didn't – you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just playing the game and playing the tournaments I could get into and travel, like I said, with my friends and the coaches and, and would just play. You know, I, I was competitive. I never wanted to lose, but nobody does. So, it, you know, it was just kind of one of those things that over years and years of – results and, and putting in work it, it just kind of got a little better and better um, but I do remember I was probably like I said 16 maybe 17 I can't remember and I played the the Bush Florida Open at the time it's in Fort Myers here so I got to play it a lot you know from a young age it was always a high level tournament and I remember I got to play Kowalczyk uh, Robert Kowalczyk I remember he, he won the national clay courts 18 and unders when I was still 15 or 16 and I got to play him. I was playing up in this division. I was playing 18s as a younger kid. And I played him, and I beat him pretty easily in the quarterfinals, which I was like, I was shocked. You know, I was like, oh, I got no chance at tournaments on clay. This guy wins the Nationals every year. And I went out there, and I played. I think it, I think it surprised myself and some other people. And I went on, you know, to winning the tournament and, and so on. But that result kind of I, – I just remember that one for some reason. It wasn't a main, you know, big tournament or the finals or Kalamazoo, you know, but – it's one of those things that kind of just, I think I showed myself and kind of surprised myself that what kind of uh, tennis I could play and maybe showed how far I could get in the game. How would you say your game shifted from the 16s to the 18s? I know you mentioned that you got physically stronger and uh, strategy wise, but was there like a, a big yeah. shift in, in that between that period besides those qualities? Well, yeah. I mean, not, not only that, I was getting stronger, quicker, you know, more about the training. I mean, when I started training at this, at the tough tennis cabbie, they ran it, you know, like a college program. Cause I mean, both guys played pro tennis and, and high level, you know, college tennis at Stanford. And, and so, and they knew how to run a program and get, and get results. So they ran it just like, um, college practice was ran, which I learned soon after that, which was a great, you know, tool and lesson, I was already ready for it. So they just had a great structure and discipline and they, and they knew how to get the most out of the players and push them. And it really, really helped me being around, you know, a group of guys that were, all played division one tennis. By the time we all finished our two years, uh, you know, of training there. Um, so it was a great group. We all pushed each other. And I think that's really what, um, was one of the main factors, just, you know, being competitive with your friends and pushing each other. Um, and then and, and the coaching, you know, the coach, you can't do it on your own. You have to be taught and, and have a great game plan strategy and be able to use these things when it matters. That's right. And speaking of uh, game plan and strategy before your matches, do you spend a pretty significant amount of time thinking about what you're going to do on the court and how to, you know, most utilize your strengths and, and exploit weaknesses of your opponent? Um, I should probably say yes, but I I really don't, <laughs> you know, you know, I'm I'm one of those guys and players that I like to play my game. You know, if 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 I'm on and, and I and I'm playing within myself and, and cutting down the errors, I, I'm I can I can play with anybody. You, you know, right. and that's how I was. All, and it didn't matter surface, 
um, indoor, outdoor play. It, it didn't matter to me. And if I, if I played my game, I could adapt pretty well, which was always a good, a good thing. And obviously you do adapt as you go. You know, if a guy's got a better backhand, forehand, you know, whatever it may be, but I didn't, I didn't really harp on it too much. I like to, you know, go in with a, a clear mind and just be able to just be able to play not overthink things. Cause sometimes when you overthink, um, it, it kind of backfires, but, um, yeah, having a general game plan on what you want to do was more my, more my mentality, not trying to worry about what the other guy was going to do. Great. That's fantastic advice, Jesse. And uh, I'm just curious too, um, it, this might be tough for you as it was a while back, obviously, but what match do you, did you feel the most pressure in as a junior? Well, there's probably two, you know, when I got to Kalamazoo my last year, and I was actually seated and I never really did well on hard courts in juniors because it being in Florida, we played on a lot of clay courts and slower courts. And I always would get to Kalamazoo and the ball, I just felt like would be moving 200 miles an hour. And I just had a tough time catching up. You know, I did, I had good results. I got third there once, but I was seated high and I just felt like I wasn't able to play for whatever reason. Um, the, the best tennis just, I, I really don't know, just, you know, being seated in these expect, expectations after having good results at clay courts and throughout the summer, um, that kind of got, got, gets on your head. And then another time at Easter Bowl, you know, I won Easter Bowl when I was 16 or whatever it was, younger. And then the next year I had to play one of my best friends that we trained together, you know, like mm-hmm. first or second round. And, and it's never fun to play friends. And I just didn't play well. And I ended up losing, but those kind of things always get to you and you see it on the pro tour now, you know, especially with the American guys that we travel together, do everything together. And then you got to somehow separate that and try to win because it's your job, you know? So it's tough. It all, it started all back in the juniors, but it's a, it's a vicious circle. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Sometimes when you see upsets on the tour, often it's with a fellow countryman, like the lower yeah. player beating the higher player. Right. Um, but yeah. And so, Appreciate that. And now just shifting to uh, your college career in which you had an amazing one. I think, as we mentioned, you reached the final at the NCAA championships as a freshman. Um, kind of what was your experience like playing at the University of Kentucky? Um, I mean, people always ask me uh, what what my favorite thing was in, in tennis. And, and I always am quick to go back to, you know, my time at, at Kentucky and, and playing there Um just the people, the coaches, you know, the atmosphere, the school, it's just, it, everything, it worked out great. You know, it's more than I could have asked for. Um, it, it was fun. It was a great, it was a great memory, a great ride, um, and opened a lot of doors for me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and um, I just want to ask also, kind of what parts of your game did playing college tennis help you the most, would you say? The serve and return, you know, and, and, and probably more than anything, the doubles play. You know, we had we had a coach in Greg Van Emberg that, you know, played on the tour and won seven doubles titles um, and just harped on doubles, doubles, doubles coming forward, you know. And, you know, junior tennis, you play a little bit, but you, you have no idea or I had no idea really what I was doing. I could play. I was decent because I could make some balls, but I didn't know the strategy. And we, we put countless hours, you know, playing doubles and strategy and working together because it was important in college. At the time. You know, you got to get that one point. You get the leg up. Um, and it meant a lot because then now you're playing singles and you're not scared to come forward. And, and it's and in college tennis is all about that. There's some big hitters, big servers, so you have to take advantage of your opportunities. And sometimes you don't get many. So, for sure. And do you remember like one drill in particular that stands out in your mind that that really helped you hone in on your game in college? Um, 
It for doubles or just for in general? Uh, just in general. Oh man, there's <laughs> we've done hundreds and hundreds, and it's hard to pick one. Um, I would think it's more of a culmination of of all of them. Um, I remember a couple of drills. You know, same thing in college. We're all buddies and and competitive, so we'd all be four at the net. They feed the ball in, and it's kind of a try not to get hit type of deal. <laughs> you know, and, and we always had some guys that were a little scared or nervous, and coach would threaten to go get a football helmet and make them wear it because he was scared to get hit by a tennis ball. <laughs> and that, that, those ones right there, you know, same thing as in juniors. We push each other to get better and push, push each other to improve it on a daily basis. Um, just those, the, the, just those doubles drills, you know, all together going all out. It was, it was, it was lifelike, you know, when you get in a match, you've done it before. And, and I think that's what helped us so much. Yeah. And I get, you know, you mentioned a couple of times, this is how important it is to have such a great support system and, and a high level players to, to train with who are positive and who can push you all the time. Uh, so that's really important for all our audience to try to establish as much as possible. Um, yeah. And so uh, Jesse, I do want to mention, you know, it's it, speaking of your, your fantastic teammates at the university of Kentucky, uh, you know, recently, uh, Great player and person by the name of Bruno Agostinelli, uh, you know, passed away recently. And I know he was an All-American at uh, University of Kentucky and played on Canada's Davis Cup team. Yeah, very sad. But I just want to, um, you know, hear your thoughts on Bruno and, and what he was like as a person. Yeah, I think um, Coach Emery, uh, who was our coach there, both of us at, the, at, at Kentucky, said it best recently when I was talking to him um, when he said, you know, Bruno was a outstanding tennis player, you know, reached as high as one or two in the country. He played, I, I even traveled with him, played some pro tennis, but as, as good as he was as a tennis player, he was even a better person, you know, a better human and a better, he, he made everybody better around him and want to be better. And that's, that's a, that's a quality and a trait that um, is very hard to find, especially on a competitive court and in, in, in situation like college tennis and, and pro tennis. Um, so we definitely, I mean, we definitely lost uh, one of the better guys there are in the world, um, which is sad. But I mean, like I said, I, I was fortunate enough to get to spend time with him after college. After my days at college were done, I'd come back and I'd practice with him and train with him because I, I graduated the year before he came. But I'd always spend my time in Kentucky training and practicing with the guys. It's kind of a hub. Um, so I was I was fortunate enough to get to spend time around him you know, and learn the little I could in the short amount of time. Um, and then, and then we also had some time to spend, we played a couple of pro tournaments when he was asking advice and I coach everyone and we spend some time with him. So I, I was lucky enough to, you know, get to be there and be around him. Um, not enough by any means, because I mean, he was a, a terrific person, but, um, I got, I was, I was lucky to have met him and be a part of his life. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Elliot Datlow, who played for University of Kentucky, is you know, obviously uh, one of your good friends. Um, and I have to thank him for uh, introducing you uh, to me. But um, I, he shared uh, Coach Emery's uh, a stats that he posted, and it was just very uh, you know yeah. moving tribute to him. And it was very interesting. Yes. Yeah, it sure was. And it was definitely interesting to note how Bruno was just such a team player, and he didn't, you know, once he transitioned to 
the Futures Tour, he didn't really, he couldn't really, you know, put the same passion into it as he did when he was uh, in Davis Cup for Canada and at University of Kentucky because, you know, he's such a great uh, team player and that's what motivated him. Um, but if you could pick maybe or tell us about uh, maybe your fondest memory about Bruno. Um, well, like I said, um, the, the one, one that sticks out the most is when we got to play a, um, a, a challenger event in Canada. And it, it was one of his first ones out of school and whatnot. He seemed a little nervous. Um, it was kind of looking to me for advice, which is, you know, at the time I was, I, I didn't know why, <laughs> you, you know, I, I didn't know what I knew now or, or any of that. Um, but he just seemed, he was just so, uh, you know, open and, and willing to learn and willing to listen to even me, who at the time I was, I, w- I was nobody real, real important. I, I figured, you know, we were both Kentucky guys and both played tennis. We both did the same thing. We both were team players. I mean, like you just mentioned, um, you know, how it was hard to separate the team atmosphere from individual sports. I mean, I felt the same way, you know, and that, and that's what makes a, I would, that's what makes a great teammate like he was. But I mean, on a funnier note, the one thing I do remember about him, and I'm sure some of the teammates and guys would say the same, was it seemed like his shorts got shorter and shorter <laughs> every year, <laughs> every year, because he was such he was such into fitness and working out and, and being uh, you know the healthiest guy on the planet. And it seemed like the more in shape he got, the shorter the shorts got. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just always something I could never quite get over because I was like I could never imagine myself wearing those shorts. But he embraced it and loved it. And he made you know he made people laugh and he made people feel good about themselves and 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 to be around that situation. And that's what you need in the locker room, and that's what you need on the tennis court. You need a, a leader, whether quiet or vocal. I mean, he definitely grew as a person. Um, the years I even saw him there went from somebody that was, you know, quiet and didn't really want to take the leadership role until when he was a senior and he was, uh, he was an animal and everybody looked up to him. Oh, yeah, just a definitely, uh, you know, wonderful person. I mean, obviously I've never met him, but just in reading and talking to people about him, I uh, just, uh, you know, very sad to, to lose him. But yeah. Um, and, and what you read is literally how he was, you know, nobody, I've read a lot and I've read the thing coach Emery, which was great. I even asked him specifically if I could share that, you know, with some of my kids and students, cause it just shows, uh, you know, how much this guy meant to the world, you know, in such a short time, he touched so many people and left such a mark. I mean, I think myself and anybody else would be lucky to, to be remembered the way he was and everything you do read is exactly how it was. There's no sugarcoating, you know, you can't even put into words, uh, how nice he was and, and what he meant as a player and a person. Yeah, well, I'm sure, you know, he was as grateful to have you guys as amazing teammates as you were to have him as a teammate. Uh, and I just also want to mention that our audience can donate to Bruno's Fund at uh, www.gofundme.com slash Bruno Agostinelli. And that's B-R-U-N-O-A-G-O-S-T-I-N-E-L-L-I. And I'll have that linked on the show notes at tennisfiles.com slash 16. So thanks for uh, reflecting on uh, Bruno's career in life. Obviously, our audience loves to hear about pro careers and what you do on the tour. So if you don't mind, uh, could you describe maybe a typical day of training, uh, what it's like for you while on the tour? Well, I mean, it, it changed. It, it varied from uh, the time of year, the tournaments you're getting ready for, and, and you know how many events you've been playing. Uh, obviously if you, if you're playing several weeks in a row on the road where you don't get time to practice as much and you're just rolling from one city to another, 
it made it tough to practice and kind of keep keep sharp. So as long as you were staying in draws and winning matches, it, it tended it tended to help. Obviously, that's the goal: win, win, and win, and move on. But um, you know, normal normal schedule would be during a tournament day. You see what time you play, depending on the time. You get a little practice in, you know, lunch, play your match, and then on the off days, uh, you try to find one of the guys. Like I said, mostly the American guys, the guys still still playing now, and we became very close. And we would always practice together, golf together. We do, I mean, you do everything together. You know, it's kind of like your 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 team on the road, even though you're all playing for yourself. Um, we were all there for each other in a sense. And it's, and it's a reason why a lot of these guys are having the success and, and, you know, being able to play for as long as they did. And Jesse, uh, what's the hardest part in your estimation of being a professional tennis player? I think you, I think everybody would say the same thing. And I think it'd be the travel, you know, it's tough. It's tough to be on the road 35 weeks a year. And on those other weeks, you're probably, you know, 35 tournaments a year. And those other weeks you have training, you have preparation you're working, you're working out in the off season. So there's really no, there's no time. You'll get a week or two maybe to have downtime and relax. Um, and it's just nonstop, you know, it, it, it affects a lot of affects relationships, family. It can, you have, you have to have, like you said earlier, a great support system and people around you that understand you and understand the goals and want to be a part and help it. Um, but yeah, definitely the travel city to city hotels, you know, rental cars, eating out. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a tough cycle. And like I said, it's, it, there's not really an end. There's no off season in tennis. There is technically, but it's very short. Cause then by the time you're, you're done in the end of November, you have a couple of weeks to get ready for Australian open in January. So, you know, it's, it's a tough cycle. Yeah, for sure, Jesse. And it's also, you know, pretty costly, obviously, especially for players who are on the futures tour and, you know, challengers, uh, a little bit less tough, but, uh, yeah, and so, uh, you know, speaking to those tours, I was curious, and also my audience, like, maybe if you could just briefly illustrate what do you think are some of the differences between the Futures and Challenger Tour, or the Future and Challenger Tour, and then maybe from the Challenger to uh, actual ATP events, like, kind of the, the main differences you see in those players? Yeah, well, player, player-wise, player you know, it's actually not that big of a difference. I mean, there's guys in futures, you, you know, that you'll see this week win in the future. Then all of a sudden in two weeks, you'll see them winning rounds in a tour event. Um, the, the competition these days has gotten, gotten very, very tough, which is great for the sport. Um, that's why you're seeing so many upsets and, and stuff, you know, not among the top 10 guys in the world, obviously, but um, just among everybody else, all the, all the different levels, but it's, it's just such a high, but you know, the biggest difference is being able to, mentally play at the futures you know you're playing in un- less desirable locations you're not getting the best facilities you're not getting the best hotels you're rarely getting re- you know sometimes you don't even get full referees um and you don't get much help with any kind of travel hotel or anything so it's just, it's it's really it's really the hardest level i mean and that's the part that some people get stuck in and can't get out of um and then obviously you move up to the challenge it's a little better um a little better structure, a little, little more money, obviously. And then the, the facilities and stuff tend to be better. Obviously still not great. Like the, like the ATP events, which, I mean, when you play that, it may, it just makes it easy. And, and, uh, to be honest, more fun to play. I mean, when you're at that, I mean, you, you seem like you get respected as a tennis player a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it's easier to wake up that day and be like, okay, today I'm playing. <laughs> so. Yeah. And I hear you. It's really tough on tour, but, uh, 
I can't not ask you about your match with Djokovic. So I just, you know, if you don't mind to just kind of describe that experience and like maybe how you were able to take a set off of him, which is ridiculous. Um, and, you know, just the whole experience. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough to even recall. I mean, a lot of people tell me, tell me different versions of the story and what, what they thought and saw me play. And I talked to him then, I mean, it really was a, a whirlwind, but I just remember, you know, going into the U S open, I was literally the last person in the qualifying draw. You know, I was the last accepted person into qualifying. So wow. I was lucky to even be in the qualifying draw and play and be there to play at all. And, um, uh, I, I played a great event. I had a pretty good summer, you know, stemming from team tennis. I came, I went to DC. I played some good tennis, probably the best I played in a long time. Came in the U S open feeling good. Um, played, played really good in qualities, took out some good people, went through the first round, played Andreev, which I, you know, I saw the draw. He was seated 30 or 31 at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, my second U S open main draw, I think ever. And I was like, okay, well it was fun. You know, I got to the main draw did good. And then I, I show up and I played one of the best matches in my life. I literally just kind of crushed the guy. I played flawless, you know, barely in errors. So I was feeling good, you know, beat Gonzalez second round, which took a lot out of me because he was a, he was a grinder, tough player. And then just playing Joker, which I really didn't have any expectations. You know, my real, my one goal was to get on the board and just try not to embarrass myself. That's literally all I was thinking <laughs> at the time. I'm not, not even kidding. And then, you know, as the, as the matches went on and the tournament moved on, I kept having, um, teammates and family and friends all started coming. So my, a little entourage and, and cheering section kept growing, which was, which was awesome. You know, I mean, it was, it was more like back in college tennis. Um, and it felt like I had people on my side and, and being the underdog in general, everybody kind of cling to it. So it was, it was an amazing ride and it was, it was fun. You know, I had a chance even to, I served for the set to go up two sets to one. He played a bad game and then he played a great tiebreaker because that's, that's why he's one of the best ever. Um, and then type four set, but it was, yeah, it was a great experience, obviously, and something I'll, you know, I'll never be able to let go or forget. For sure. And, uh, could you possibly maybe pinpoint why or how you were able to win that set off of Djokovic? Was it, you know, one specific thing that you were able to implement or, or maybe just, implementing your strengths or do you, do you remember how you won that set? Yeah, probably more about my strengths. Cause I was playing well, you know, feeling well, like I said earlier, I don't really game plan for the person. I was, I was hitting the ball big and I was, I was able to hit, create a lot of forehand winners. You know, he was actually in the set I did win. he was actually up, I think five, two. Um, and, and that's when I kind of loosened up that's, you know, I finally got loose. Cause I, okay. You know, no, no, no hurry in this one. I'm probably going to lose this set. I'll, I'll be ready for the next one. And I started playing loose and free and he was getting upset. Cause I mean, I was, you know, I was a nobody. I was ranked 270 or something at the time. Um, barely got in the draw. He never heard of me. Uh, and he, so he's just getting frustrated, upset. And his coach, Todd Martin at the time, who I was, I knew a little bit was, was telling me that after how upset and mad he was <laughs> that I was, I was able to win these games and hit all these winners. Um, so I was just, I just got loose and I was able to, you know, it was the streak I was on. I was just, it's just where you want to be. Like I said, it didn't matter where I was, where I was playing, who I was playing. I was just playing well. It didn't, didn't matter. So Jesse, I do just want to also, uh, reflect on the fact that you're you've been coaching some great players and uh just if you could kind of talk about your your experience and fulfillment in in, in coaching and helping players reach the next level 
Yeah, well, like I mentioned several times, um, it's, it's about having those people around you and, and having that team mentality to get better and push each other. And that's what I've tried to I started doing back here at the Tough Tennis Academy where, where it started for me and started getting better with the same coaches who have allowed me to come in and be a part and, and, and do my own thing and, and bring in my group of guys and kids. And they helped me out in so many ways. But it was the same kind of concept I'm trying to do is get a, a, a small group uh, of young players looking to either play pro, mostly college, and work together. And they want to work and want to get better and push each other, you know. Um, and that's what I've been fortunate enough to do the last couple of years. Um, it's been growing and growing and getting, you know, some great kids and great players and, and running across some great talent. Um, so it's been a it's been a fun little ride. And so where can people find you or your tennis academy online? Uh, yeah, we have a website, toughtennisacademy.com. Uh, uh, and I think even my contact number and info is on there or my email, um, you know, because we're all or, or Facebook. We have a website, either one of those at Tough Ten. I think it's just Tough Tennis Academy um, on Facebook. And either one of those, I mean, whenever somebody writes an email or number, it goes directly to me usually. So I'm able to respond and, and check it out. But we're always looking for some of those kids that are looking to move down. Like I said, now we got a couple from all over the country that move down. Some even stay with me full time. And uh, I really get, then it gets a little more personal because I get to work on them day in and day out, not just on the court. You get to mold them, you know, as a person and kind of get to see the day in the life of, of what it takes. Awesome. I'll definitely link to a tough tennis Academy on the, uh, on the show notes. And so question I asked all our guests to end the show is just in general, what would you tell our audience is the key to improving their tennis game and reaching their potential? You know, you got to You got to enjoy it. You know, if you don't enjoy it, it it's going to be a tough road because then you're just going to get mad at every step. And it took me a while to learn that. Um, and the more I, I, I fought and, and fought with the game and, it was the more I realized I loved it, you know, and, th- and that's why I was a competitor at heart and I didn't want to lose in anything. It didn't matter if it was tennis or, you know, cards, uh, I didn't want to lose. So if you enjoy it, you're going to enjoy working at it and, 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 you know, perfecting your skill and your craft every day. Um, and it just makes the, the ride a little more fun and, and you get to eventually your goal is either college tennis, hopefully, or then, then if you're lucky, one of the lucky few, you get to play some pro tennis, but you got to enjoy it. It's awesome, Jesse. Well, I really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy. You've got to dash off to a training session. Um, but thank you for you know being a great coach and uh, for you know providing us with a lot of great tennis to watch. And uh, I wish you nothing but the best uh, moving forward. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me on. Thanks, Jesse. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to my interview with Jesse. Uh, Jesse's a really awesome guy, and I appreciate him carving out some time in his day to speak with me. And I'm sure you guys learned a ton from him talk about his experiences playing tennis and how he rose to the top of the uh, ATP tour and uh, how he, you know, played some great matches and uh, did so well against uh, great players like Djokovic. And uh, I really appreciate him being on the show. I'd also really appreciate it if you guys could leave a review on iTunes or on whatever podcast app that you use to listen to on the show. I always appreciate any feedback, uh, you know, whether it's good, bad, constructive, whatever. Um, So, you know, in particular on iTunes, you can just go to tennisfiles.com slash iTunes and then click on the blue view and iTunes button that, and that'll take you directly to the show where you can just uh, leave a comment and rate the podcast. 
So uh, again, thanks for um, you know doing that when you have some time, if possible. And I also have an ebook that you guys should check out uh, as well. And you can get that at tennisfiles.com slash ebook. And it's, uh, it's called The Building Blocks of Tennis Success. So uh, it has some pretty good tips, I think, uh, on how to uh, maximize the talents that you have uh, in your tennis game and how to play the best tennis that you can. So that's again, that's at tennisfiles.com slash iTunes. Uh, excuse me tennisfiles.com slash ebook. So thanks again to everybody for listening to the show. And, uh, you know, I wish you guys the best as always. And I just want to leave you with a quote, as I often like to do at the end of uh, the show. And this quote is by H. Jackson Brown Jr. And he says, The best preparation for tomorrow is doing your best today. So I want you guys to try to make the best choices you can, put in 100% effort because you know every action that you take and every decision you make builds towards uh, you know your character and your self development and you know how you make choices in the future. So do your best to you know make the best choices and um, keep working on self development and your tennis game and uh, just try to improve yourself every single day. Thanks to you guys for listening to the show, and I will see you on the next episode of the Tennis Files Podcast. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files Podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit TennisFiles.com.